Welcome to the MD Show. You are in the zone with Bianca Banks and Jasmine Shannon. Two women touching on current and cultural events, discussing generational perspectives. We are mother and daughter, women of color on our grind. Buckle up your seatbelts and welcome to the, the MD Show. Welcome to the MD Show on Dash Radio Boomerang Station. I am your host, Bianca Banks. And I am your host, Jasmine Shannon. It is Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. Grab your tacos, grab your cocktails. How you doing, Jay? I'm good. You know, I have a vegan partner, so I'm going to make some pop tacos, okay? I hear you. I hear you. So we're kind of tired. We've been traveling for the past three, four, five days, something like that. But we're always happy to be together and be here with you guys on the show. Um, Today, I'm super excited. We're going to be talking about a new film releasing October the 15th. That is a Wednesday on digital and on demand between forever. And so today we have with us um, a lot of people. (laughs) We have with us the director, John Scooter Powell. Um, Welcome. Just call me Scooter. (laughs) Um, Your friends call me Scoot. So, you know. Yeah. Um, Do I call you John Scooter Powell or just Scooter? Call you Scooter. Okay. Okay, Scoot. Okay, cool. And we also have um, Rashid Stevens, the writer of the film and the lead actor. Welcome. Hola, 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 hola. I'm hey. on with technology here, so I forgot that <laughs> I'm talking without mute. So no worries. Top of the morning, top of the life to you. Yes, yes. And then we also have Miss Tiana Bland, lead actress. Welcome, welcome, and thank you for hello, joining hello. us thank this morning. You. Wow. Okay, so where do we start? Um, Rashid, um, what inspired you to write this film? I was in a, to be honest with you, I was fresh out of a four-year relationship. And um, the best way I know how to just express my feelings other than like some therapy or, you know, I just started going to the paper and I started writing this story. It was an amalgamation of relationships that I had too, though, because I had that four-year relationship. Then I had just jumped into another relationship and got out of it. I said, man, I, and I felt very down, felt very depressed and shit. So I said, you know what? How can I escape this? Let me do what I know how to do best. I just started trying to write and try to create. And I uh, called John and said, I got this idea. I'm going to start writing this uh, this movie about uh, this real life situation that happened. My ex-girlfriend was an environmental scientist. And at that time I was, well, still at this time I'm broke. So um, I remember on her birthday, I felt so bad. You got to understand, any artist understands this stuff. Like when you come out here with no coin and just out here driving on an adrenaline of ambition, you, you, you want to be a part of the rest of that LA, but you realize you got to, you got to put more in your dreams than any other thing. So I remember on her birthday, she had what I call, like she had some disposable income. I didn't, but I, as a man, that's how I feel. I'm old school, come from the South. I want to take care of the woman. Didn't have any money on her birthday. So I said, you know what I am? I'm very resourceful. I remember I took her out on, um, I planned out this whole uh, day for her. But I did everything free. I'm like, okay, I knew all these people. I said, you know what? She'd get a free cupcake. I took it down to like the thing. I said, you know what? 
she want to go to a bar and drink. I knew this trick. I said, you know what? Because I, I said, I bet I can get us free drinks. We actually incorporate that uh, thing in the movie. I said, watch this. If I make propose to you, everybody going to try to get, they're going to splash us with drinks. She didn't know what I was doing. And it shit worked. So we started getting free drinks poured out. I was like, she's like, oh my God, it's so romantic. I'm like, yeah. But she didn't know it was so broke of me. Uh, and then she wanted to like, she wanted me to drive my car, but I didn't have no gas money. So I said, you know what? You never rode the train before. She's like, no, I haven't. Oh my God. So I, I took on a train, we ride the train and stuff. We have a good time. And I remember at the end of the night what made me um and we had a little picnic too, because I could I, I knew I could cook really good. I could still cook. So I cooked for her. We went to the park and did a picnic. And I remember uh she's like, I'm that was the best birthday I ever had. Man, that yeah. So I remember that story. So when she and I kind of parted, when we parted ways, I wanted to put that story on pen and paper. So that's what uh that's eventually I mean, that's the whole story. Make a long story extra long. Okay. So you know what though? I feel you because as as the story was playing out and I noticed all of those things that you just mentioned, I was thinking to myself, like, yo, like, you know, like you don't have to have money to like, you know, to have fun or or to like entertain, you know, because you know, a lot of times, like what you're saying, like a lot of men in, in LA, they're like, I don't have money to do that, you know, but it's like, it's the heartfelt things that, that you could do. Like you could just go to the beach all day. You could have a picnic you could do, but I like the way that you were coming up with like the different ideas. And, and, um, she was like, or that the actor was, I mean, that the person that, you know, in there <laughs> was coming up with the ideas. I only say you, because you said that it happened to you, but, um, and I just liked like 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 the chemistry and the flow of it, and it reminded me of just like playing around in the city all day from sunup to sundown, and let's see like all the things. Yo, that it's we funny could you do say that because that's like, exactly enjoy, what I wanted to capture you know, like, with everything. All the I got to commend Rashid because uh, so. I was there when he wrote it, and uh, he was very depressed. He was very in love with this girl, and what I respect is that he kind of went in and wrote a screenplay instead of texting her all the time. And, Doing all that type of stuff. So I, I had to give him his props. And I knew once I read it, I had to direct it. And I knew I had to incorporate just what you said, a love letter to the city. And I wanted to just like, just see different parts of it that everybody doesn't see, you know, and just have these two go on an adventure. And so, yeah, just to add to your point, that's exactly what I was going for. Yes, I was, you know what, I was thinking like, we haven't had a film um, based in in LA that kind of like highlights all that LA has to offer in such a long time, but also highlighting um, Black love and like romance, you know, and, and um, so yeah, it just really, I was able to really like, just really hold on to all the concepts. I think visually it was just, it was wonderful. Um, so scooter, uh, yes, I what, did. But what were funny your story, like? I started who out are as your biggest influences? You know, I was were, a young dad um, growing up, so, and did you always want to be know, a director? I had the whole Hollywood thing as like an aspiration while I was raising my daughter. But it was like, uh, once she went to college, it's like, all right, either I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it. And I basically packed up everything and moved to Los Angeles. Didn't know anyone. Didn't know anything. But she's actually one of the first people I met, and. I guess the rest is history because 
a few projects later, we're working on my next film right now. No, that's that's a really good point to 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 bring up in regards to just being an artist in L.A. because it starts from somewhere. And I think that, you know, we always have like this end goal. And for me as a professional dancer, like I relate to you in regards to like, you know, a lot of dancers, we, we sleep on couches. I mean, it's like and it's inconsistent work and it's like we you know it's like okay let me sleep on this person's couch and it's it, it's a community thing it's not a negative thing to 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 sleep on someone's couch especially when a lot of the people in the industry are really young like a lot of these people move out here like don't go to college they're 17 of course they can't afford a place in in LA you know what i'm saying so it's like it's a community thing to to support each other and 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 and, and you know just train you know and for actors and for writers it's like right 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 take class, take, take, take class, take class, take class and train. So I totally like respect, you know, um, especially you as the writer that you like took a, a real life situation, which I feel like is, is a, a great way to um, release those emotions. You know what I'm saying? Like what you're saying and like what Scooter was saying, like you were really depressed and you instead put that into your art, you know, and also to showcase, you know, um, in LA, you know, as a premiering in LA, so you don't have to, you don't have to fake it to kick it. You know, like it's like uh, so many people in these relationships thinks like, oh, let me borrow the homies Rolls Royce, pull up with the borrowed Balenciagas and the, you know, and it's like, well, you, but if you actually end up dating this person for four years, like you did, they're going to find out that that was not, you know what I'm saying? So I love that you are, you wrote a movie that's like, you don't gotta, you don't gotta do all that. I, I bagged her because of the things that I know the little things are, are the things that matter. And I think that we need to start spreading that energy more in LA in general. Like what can you do to put a smile on someone's face without feeling like you need all the designer stuff and all the stuff just to post, you know? Yeah, I totally, I could totally, I mean, I've been on so many dates and it's like, you know, it's like, then you find out they don't even have a house. They like living in the car. <laughs> But so how did you guys find Tiana? Funny story. We were actually having a casting call. This was before COVID. And Tiana was reading for another project. And Rashid saw her in the hallway. He was like, John, John, I see the perfect girl. I'm like, where is she? So I guess we're kind of like stalking her, looking at her from around the corner. I don't know if she saw us in that. We was like, uh, we sent, who did we send? Tova to go approach her. Yeah, so we sent Tova to go for our, our casting director at the time. And the rest is history. She came in, she killed it, and she rolled with the project. She's a real trooper. Yes, indeed. Not to mention a wonderful actress. Yes, and but your character also inspired me too, because I mean, as a woman, I could relate to to the struggles that the character was experiencing. You know, it was like you have from the outside looking in, like this perfect you know what I mean, idea of kind of like, you know, like a fairy tale life. But then on the inside, it's like your house is just crumbling, you know? And um, and it's like, it really inspired me because, you know, the character had to make a decision and say, you know, well, first of all, like her man was, you know, he's successful, he's wealthy, but so, but so were you, so was the character. But also then 
it's like the guy that she spent the day with, you know, it's like, well, he's like, you know, I don't have any money. So then like you find yourself like, okay, well, what are we going to do? We're going to live on, we're going to live on the street, but we're going to be happy. We're going to be in love, you know? So it's like, yeah, like you go ahead and speak to that. Yeah. I think it's interesting, especially the world we live in now, you know, with social media and everything, it's definitely, I feel like some people will put more pressure on the look of happiness than actually happiness. And I think that our character really had to take a pause and find out what's more important for her, right? That look of happiness or her true happiness. And that day I think was her like, you know, turning point, her determining factor of I'm going to choose to be happy for me and not for everyone else. Yeah. I mean, I was like, oh my God, what is she going to (laughs) do? But more um, about this new film between forever. We'll be right back. I'm a man. All the things you told me, told me. You said you never leave me. We'll be together for eternity. show um here with the cast uh between forever um scooter powell rashid stevens and tiana bland 
Um, are you guys excited about the release tomorrow? Am I? So oh excited. God. I'm like stoked right now. I just can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to get in there. I think, I think that like LA, it's like, I mean, everybody's going to love this film. Like obviously, like whoever sees it. But I think that like, it's something special about like being from LA and like having a film that you can just like, Oh, like I've been there. Oh, I've done that. Oh, I've, I've been on that train. You know, I've been to that park. Like um, it was just, it really, it was just like so beautiful the way that it was, um, it was portrayed and, and the direction of the film was your, so your, your aim was to be like really LA centric. Definitely. Definitely. Like LA is a character in the story. Uh, Like you've seen the movie, you could tell. And I was really happy that we got certain things that aren't really around anymore, like the Marathon Store, for example. And also like that we were able to like get into the Lemire Park and just like get the heart of it. Like the people of the Lemire Park, those are the actual people. Those weren't casted actors. Yeah, and they all did such a wonderful job. Uh, particularly uh, Eugene, the Dread. Like uh, that guy was amazing. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So wait, so when did you guys start filming this? I made it specifically that we was going to start filming on July 18th. I remember that date because that's the day I moved to Los Angeles, July 18th, 2012. That is so crazy. That is amazing. So, so also like, was it, was it just more to kind of like, like you had to put this on paper as far as like what you were going through because it was, it was therapeutic for you. Um, And I'm sure that it probably helped you through the process. But also, did you want to inspire other people who were like facing struggles in their relationship? Or did you want to make like basically like did you have like a did you want to hit on like, you know, like a like a Love Jones type of thing? Or was it just really just about your story? It was an amalgamation of those things. That's funny you said Love Jones, because as I was sitting in my apartment, I never I'm a hopeless romantic. I sat right in my apartment and I, I I watched so many movies from Blue Jay to Love Jones. It was so many romance movies. I said, you know what? I should do that. Uh, but then at the same token too, though, I wanted this story to relate to the everyday guy. Because a lot of times, like you said, stories and people embellish who they really are in real life. So I was very auspicious about trying to make sure that everybody, could re- this everyday man, because I mean, no, no slight to women, but Men got this much pressure on them, like, I got to take care of her. And then when you're living in a city that's so expensive and stuff, it's like, you know what, bro, let me show y'all this everyday guy who could be resourceful at any given time, at any given point. I could still have the best time in my life and still get the same girl who maybe Rick Ross may be dating or whatever. So, matter of fact, okay, well, that's a different story, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you could get that same girl and just be authentic. I mean, I just try to figure out like, how can I be my peers, my Russ, and be able to uh, compel a story where people can relate to it and getting a girl from the other side of the tracks. So like I said, it was, the love story is an amalgamation of things because like it's a cross between another girl I was dating too, though, who actually was dating a celebrity dude. I'm like, you dating me? It's like, yeah, you just, but that's here and there though. But that's the beauty of it. And that's another thing that is so LA. Like you could be on your last dollar and meet somebody who's just like, can either change your life or it's just they're doing things that they shouldn't be hanging out with you, you know? But at the same time, that's so L.A. because it's more about, like, I know Rasheed well, and that's why I knew I had to direct this, right? Because 
It's all about who you are on the inside, right? And that's what's going to bring out the best in everybody. Like take, for example, the character April. Like you say, she had a, she had the world, right? But she also had like a lot of stuff she was going through. And at the same time, she was able to meet this guy, literally run into him. And we're, we're wondering, is it a pump and dump? And I mean, on both sides. Yo, so I mean, and, and then we find out more of their story. Like I want to slowly reveal each one. They each had something that led them to that moment. Uh, not to give any spoilers, but just to say, like, that's the essence of it. Absolutely. So, Tiana, um, how did you feel about playing this character? And did you feel like you could relate as far as personally to the struggles that she was going through? Um, it's funny. So when Rashid and I met, we went out for drinks and we like talked for the entire night, I remember. And as we were talking, he just kept being like, he would like write something down. And so I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to put that in there. Like that reminds me of this or that reminds me of her. So I think that April and I don't specifically have, you know, the big thing in common with our marriage and all that. But I think that she's definitely a relatable character. Um, there's so much pressure just to, as a female, as a person to, you know, have a partner and have success and then take that next step with your partner and have children. And then from there, you know, just create this, what looks like a family. Um, and so, yeah, I think I definitely related in that sense. And meeting someone one day and like spending the day with them. I think that's also an exciting thing. Who wouldn't love that, but also really scary too, you know? <laughs> who is this man I'm going home with right now? I don't know. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, oh my God, wait, is she going to get in the car? What's going to happen? <laughs> you know, and then, and then I couldn't figure out, you know, like the living, situ his living situation. So, but then like, um, like Scooter was saying, that all just kind of you, you could you started to like peel back the layers on what everybody's personal journey was and what they were going through and kind of what they had been been through and where it was going, I guess, you know. But it also it also shows that like like she was having her struggles in her marriage as far as um, children, but then it like it just wasn't meant to be. It wasn't for her with him. You know what I mean? And so, like, it just kind of made me feel like sometimes we have to just let go and release and trust God's plan because there is a plan. We just don't know what it is. But it just made me it just made me so hopeful because I'm like, Jasmine knows I talk about this all the time. I'm like, I'm single. I'm in L.A. There's nobody out here. Nothing's going on. Like we were talking about this because we had just went to Houston and I'm like, there's no dating in L.A. Like, don't even like, no, like I will have to like go to like New York or Houston a date. And when we were there, we saw like so many eligible men. So it was crazy. Right. And then I see this story this morning. I'm like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> am I going to meet him like at the Starbucks or what? <laughs> That's funny. When I first Go came ahead, to Jay. L.A., Tinder was the thing. Everybody was tendering. Yeah, so <laughs> that's kind of how when they first meet, it's, it's kind of like a like a spontaneous Tinder date when they first meet that turns into so much more. Yeah, and it's interesting, like, with, um, like, the, the online dating in general. It's like, um, it used to be something so different, and now it's turned into, like, pretty much, like, the way – 
people meet like one night stands or a quick little, you know what I'm saying? And now they've changed it to like where you can pre look for people before you go to the place that you're going. Like before you only could like find people within your vicinity, but now you can actually like type in Mexico and like start setting up stuff before you even get to Mexico. So it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting to see these, um, these, you know, online relationships and how they do end up blossoming into something versus like, I feel like what my mom is kind of saying, it's people are starting to sabotage dating and like what is really dating. And because of social media and like the access to like all of these people, it's just not as authentic. Um, so it's just interesting. Quick thing. I was, um, I was, um, Tinder before Tinder, because I remember when I played college football, anytime we would play in the next state, I would use MySpace to write a girl before I even got there. So I was Tinder before Tinder. Exactly. Exactly. The power of the internet, right? It's like, you know, things are so much more accessible. And I think that in general, like with film and television, it's kind of opened up this new realm of like what we're being told. Like even with Squid Games, right? Like Squid Games was, was you know, sent out to people for 10 years, you know, and now that we're in this era where it's like we can be raw and we can be unedited, um, which there's pros and cons to that. Um, it, it's really cool because I think that we, you know, we should be able to, to, to dive in. And now, you know, those real raw situations are the more relatable situations. I mean, not Squid Games, but just like with even like the movies that Netflix have been putting out, it's like, it's like, um, some of the movies I feel like I, I would have never thought I could watch on, on Netflix. You know, it's like, they're kind of pushing the boundaries on the art, the artistry of what film and television is, is going to, is going to tell and what it's going to show. And there's really not a lot of, um, you know, sugarcoating anymore. So I'm glad even, you know, especially as artists, especially as African-American artists, you know, we have to, you know, with you as writers, directors, and and actresses, it's like, we have to tell more of our story through our lens. And I think this gives, you know, the, the, the Black entertainment industry, um, you know, a more of a, of a, of a bank to work with. Um, so I'm excited for that. I have to totally agree with you, Jazz. Uh, what I love about this time in particular, like we are telling our stories. We are jumping out there. We are defining our own narrative and we're not accepting any BS from anyone else. And I think we need to continue doing that. And what I love too is like our children are watching us do it. You know, it's not like uh, we just gathering together watching somebody else tell our story. That sucks. And me, me for one, I'm tired of that. And that's what I'm going to use my art to do. I'm going to like define our narrative, real love stories, real people, the real black experience. And the black experience is so much more than what we've been taught in the media. We know that, you know, so it's time to show it. Right. And I, and, and we, we, I mean, we know personally, um, and knew personally, um, powerful directors in the industry who were wanting to tell the story their own way. And these networks were like, no, we can't approve this script. Like, you're going to have to change this part and this part and change this part. And, and, and the person's like, okay, then I'm not doing it. You know, and that, and that's, and that stands for something because it's like, he, he rather missed the check and, and tell the story the wrong way 
you know, then be able to go to another network or, or wait until he can actually tell the story his way. And I think that, and I think that that's important, you know, to realize like we, what, what we're dealing with and that it is amazing that it's changing and that we are able to tell our stories. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I want to talk more about that, but we'll be right back uh, on the MD show. I don't want to mess this up. Could it be too much to say I'm in deep and swimming in my feelings? I've been here before, but it feels like I'm drowning, sinking. Am I overthinking? Tell me, am I foolish to think you meet me here? I want to do this again. I'm going down because I know that it's you I see in my dreams. I'm going down, let me drown over you living in my dreams. Welcome back to the M&D show um, with us. 
are three great individuals. We're discussing a new film that is set to release between forever tomorrow um, on demand and on digital. Um, we have Scooter, the director, Rashid Stevens, the lead actor and writer, and Tiana Bland. So one thing you guys I want to talk about is um, how this film inspired me because it inspired, like, it really tapped into, like, the feeling that I could really be in love again. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> because it's like, you know, it's it's like hopeless. You know, it's like you see like where the world is going today. We were talking about like um, online dating and like all these like, you know what I mean? All these social platforms. And I think that people have stepped away from just like the basics of like, you know, chivalry and romance and kindness. And that's one thing that I felt like the film highlighted so much. Um, I, I love that like that April trusted, you know, the stranger. I love like how he treated her and just, you know, and he had to keep like reassuring her, like, just trust me, I got you. You know, I loved um when when they went to the uh, to the vintage store, like I don't want to give away everything because there was just like so much of it that I loved. But um, was that like was that kind of like the goal too? To like it just seemed like very nostalgic to me in those ways. Like was it also to inspire and to um, and to kind of let people know that like there still is love out there and there's still you know what I mean kindness and and truth. Exactly. Also, too, I look at like the soulmate aspect of it, you know, because Marlon and April are actually soulmates. Uh, they were living their lives and they ran into each other and they discovered this. And I feel like that was the reason she kind of trusted him. Uh, it was something genuine there. And, you know, Marlon's kind of an old school guy. He's not really into Internet dating, you know, so he only knows how to do it one way. I'm going to introduce myself. And that's why I feel like that's the heart of it. And I, I would say yes. I would definitely say yes. Yeah, like, you know what? It's really strange because it's like people now that like jump on these platforms, it's like they like trust the stranger, but you don't know what they look like. You've never met them. You know what I mean? You don't know where they live or anything. So I kind of found it like um, interesting that she would trust him, but it was probably because too, um, she had some control over like, you know, like where it could go. Like, and a couple times she kind of was like, don't, don't do this or don't suggest this. I'm my own person. I'm my own woman. Like, did you also want to highlight like independence as far as, you know what I mean? In the female character? I think Rashid, if I'm wrong, tell me, I think with that character, April, I think that he wanted it to be known that she's still a strong woman. And so I still am like, don't mess with me on certain things, you know, but that's also because I had some pain and trauma so I think that throughout that, they wanted to make sure that she's going to like some stuff she's not going to take, but then it's going to take him softening her to trust him fully. You know, if you tell me if that's right or wrong, machine. <laughs> oh, that, that, yeah. That's dead on also. And uh, that's dead on. But also we got to understand, too, that April was kind of like she was also hurt. So that's what I was saying earlier. Like she may have been on a pump and dump, you know. Uh, so, I mean, we've all been there. We've all had needs. We've all had like revenge encounters. Yeah. That, I mean, that's just the reality of life. So I kind of like Tiana really bought that out of April for me. I, I, I love the way she played it. Yeah. And then I also, I mean, I think 
I, one thing I was going to say about serendipity. I think that's that's a love language of itself because when, when you feel somebody's energy and you your paths cross because they were supposed to cross, that energy automatic makes you guys supposed to have been there, whether right? that's a friend, whether right? that's your, your your lover, whatever. So I think that was a beautiful thing. And then the, the interesting thing, it was serendipitous how we met her as an actress too. And then even in a story, I remember um, when we're talking about um, the juxtaposition, I wanted somebody who was like, I wanted somebody who from, let's just say on a stereotypical thing, you would think she's weak because she's soft. She's angelic. Her, how she speak her whole tone, her voice, but then she's a strong woman. Like she really has her own path. She, she can control her own narrative. And specifically she had all those qualities as a character and as a person too. So. No. Yeah. I could totally see all of that. And I mean, and like you're saying too, it crossed into like, who you who you are as as just individuals you know what I mean so I think that that was something that I experienced just in myself as as the viewer watching it and then it's really interesting to see that like that's kind of like how you all just felt personally about it too um do you feel like the film has been well received like I know it you guys won some awards right uh yeah we did pretty well with uh in a few festivals mm-hmm yeah, I was pleasantly surprised considering it was like uh, post-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so are you working on something now? Uh, yeah. Right now I'm currently working on a horror movie. It's also a, it's a love story slash horror movie about soulmates. Uh, yeah. So that's my current project. Okay. Okay. I can't wait to see that. And what about you, Tiana? So, okay. So we, we kind of brushed over your acting. So how did you get into acting? So I've been kind of a musical theater kid for my life. Um, I, I sing as well. So I love, I just love performing in college. I dance. Um, I moved to LA about seven years ago and I didn't move to LA for acting, but I think that was there all along, you know? And I remember there was a point where I was like, I'm here, this is what I want to do. And it's a reality. Like I'm in LA. Do you know what I mean? Um, so then I just, I kind of just put my feet, put started working. Um, this was my first feature though, working with these two guys. Yeah. <laughs> so. Tiana does have a beautiful singing voice, by the way. When I heard it, it wasn't in the script, but I said, we have to get her to sing in this movie. Yeah. They, they made sure to add that. I think there's a scene at the end and we, we sing one other time. Rashid sings as well with me in the film. Yes. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was so beautiful. And so then I thought, I was like, oh, okay, well, that I, I did, I wasn't sure if that was your voice or not. But I mean, yeah, you have a lovely, lovely voice. Thank so that's oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, yes. as, as lead actors, and obviously, Rashid, you relate directly to this story. And Tiana, you kind of had to tap into the role. Do you feel like, Rashid, you really embodied some like genuine emotions going through this um, process and like create, like I'm all about creative process. Like I think, you know, I, I work with an artist directly. Um, she's an independent artist and she has a good following. Um, and I kind of tell her, I was like, you got to figure out because she didn't become famous. Like kind of like Tiana, like what you're saying, like you started off doing one thing, but it kind of led her to to being an artist. And so she, her fame didn't come from being an artist. 
it came from something else. And so I explained to her like, okay, as you're transitioning into being an artist, you need to tap into your creative process. If that means that you being in the studio from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. is that's the best time that you're going to write the best, seeing the best, you know, I said, or it's 4 a.m. to, to, you know, to, to, to 8 a.m., you know, or 1 a.m. to 10, 7 a.m. Like what you have to kind of figure out your creative process. And I think that that's one of my favorite parts about the art in general. So Rashid and Tiana, how did you tap into these characters? Like what's your creative process? And did you really feel like you um, embodied like some true emotions that you um, experienced from the actual, um, you know, situation? Um, I'll go first. I um, I would say working with these two, I think Rashid had a lot of, um, he does this often, right? And this is his project. So I definitely felt like a lot of times I was almost piggybacking off of him. You know, like if we're working on a scene, we would just kind of be together before or after. And we also, like, you know, we met and we started working on this film. So we were new friends like we were new people so a lot of it was kind of natural getting there um there's one scene when april really breaks down and i remember filming that scene and john was like trying to get me there and i remember i was like i was like john just leave me alone let me get this and <laughs> i remember i just needed like quiet i had to like go away and really like get in my head to like release um so I think, yeah, I really pulled out some emotions there just thinking about my past hurt and trauma and things. And that helped me get to that space that April was in, in that moment. That's amazing. What about you, Rashid? I'm always trauma. I live in it. <laughs> no, but uh, for I always try to figure out some way to try to exercise any demons I'm dealing with. So, and as an artist, me specifically, I work eight days, eight days out the week. And what that means is even when I'm asleep, I'm still always thinking and dreaming and making everything come to fruition. So I, with, this film, with this film in uh, particular, I remember, I literally, it's funny, I was actually living in that. I was very fresh out of that. So I just tapped into those emotions that I was naturally feeling. And then with that connection with uh, Tiana and stuff, I just tried to make that as real as possible. Like I said, like I mean, like she mentioned before, we had hung out a few, I think a couple of times, just to try to get a sense of who each other was. So with me, I mean, for me particularly, it was just like me just living in that moment and uh, trying to put, trying to extract from who I was as a person into Marlon. And then I, I actually put on like 40 pounds as a as a method actor, but in real life, because I was depressed. I put on 40 pounds during the movie. That big, that stomach is real. <laughs> Okay, so I have to ask then. So the forty pounds that April was talking about was that your forty pounds or was that her forty? Okay, okay, yeah. See, I have we, kinda, we edited out his stomach in the movie though. It's not there. We, we took it out. <laughs> that is so crazy. John was teasing him about it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during the love scene. We was like, yo, put a shirt on this guy, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, Scooter, um, as a director, 
what do you think your biggest challenges have been? Like, I know you talked about just trying to tell your story um, as a person of color, you know what I mean? And what you want to project and portray, but like in this process, what has been your biggest challenge? Like, I guess like in Hollywood, you know what I mean? Well, I think it's a common challenge, the money. Like uh, as an independent artist, always you're in a constant state of fundraising. You always have to be creative. Uh, and the funny thing, because like the old days, they, everybody wanted to sell their script. Nobody wants to see your script anymore. They want to see what you've done. So you have to find ways to get it done no matter what. Your job is to constantly have good ideas. So that's the most challenging, the money. As far as the art goes, like I live this shit. I, I sleep it. I, I eat it. I breathe it. I love it. I love storytelling. I love the whole filmmaking process. Uh, I dive all in. And so, yeah, right. It's like, I totally relate to both of you because like he was saying, if you're really passionate about something, you're always thinking about it. And it's like, you don't have like a time where you're like, well, I'm going to take this period off. It's like, you're always thinking about it and, and growing it and nurturing the baby. You know what I'm saying? Um, so as far as acting for both of you, what was she, did we talk about how you got into acting? We didn't talk about that. Uh, I, I don't know. Why. Um, no, we didn't. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. Yes, I embrace it. <laughs> um, but I got into it because I, I was, like I said, I was playing college football. And after that, I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I knew my coach always said, hey, man, if you could do anything, you should. I mean, if you don't go to the NFL, you should always try to you should try to pursue stand up comedy. So I remember at the time I felt really down. And anybody that ever played sports or ever been attached to anything their whole life, it could be a very down moment when that you realize that dream cannot exist anymore. So I remember I said, you know what? I'm going to try this. I had exhausted all my electives. So I tried theater. Uh, my last semester in college, fell in love with it. Moved back to Atlanta from Alabama, started doing stand-up comedy, acting. Did that for a year in Atlanta. Moved out here. Just like any other actor, I lived in my car for a whole year and a half. <laughs> and I became Rashid Stevens eight years later and just been pursuing a goal with tenacity, with just ferocious about my approach. Like, cause I know it's only any given day that something's gonna happen. So I've had a lot of even recent success. So uh, it's funny, me, me and my, I don't know if you guys watched this movie called, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, One Night in Miami. The guy that plays Muhammad Ali is my best friend. We were living in a car together. We were living in a car together. So that shows you anything is possible. Anything is freaking possible. Can I curse? Anything is possible. So I know this journey that I'm taking as an independent artist, as a writer, producer, actor, stand-up comedian, any given day, something on, like, between forever is going to light up. Uh, the last movie I just did last month. and I'm, So, it, yeah, so, man, let me stop talking. <laughs> That's a common thing in L.A., too. It's like the most successful people had to sleep in their car at least one night. It is so true. It is so true. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
We're back with you on the M&D Show here on Dash Radio. We have a lovely group of people from a film coming out tomorrow, Between Forever. Um, so what was interesting you guys talked about is moving here and um, your journey to Los Angeles. So none of you are from Los Angeles, right? That is so wild because we're from we're from L.A. We're born and raised, but we rarely meet people that are from here. Yeah. So that's why it was like the film was really, you know what I mean, important for me, because just growing up here, it's like, you know, it's it's just like visually I could just, you know, I was going through where, where everybody, you know, loves to go and, and all the things that we like to enjoy here. Yeah, go ahead. LA has this weird, weird way of embracing you. Even it has like it's almost like the southern hospitality. So LA has that way of embracing you and making you feel like you're from here. But you know what? It's like um, go ahead, Tiana. And it's funny because I know a lot of people come to LA and they're like, "I never meet anyone that's from here." Um, I got super lucky. My first year living here, I went to a brunch. I met this guy, and he's like, "Let's hang out." and Basically, I infiltrated his entire group of friends, and they're all born and raised in L.A. So all of my closest friends are from here. So there were some parts in the movie where I was like, would this make sense? Like, if she went to this high school, where would she go? They're like, no, no, she'd go to this high school. I'm like, okay, all right, all right. Like, so it's funny. Yeah, no, I totally – I. It's really, it's really funny because when people ask us where we're from and we say L.A., they're like, what? Like, I've never met anybody from here that's been – born and raised here. And two, they're like, but you guys are so nice, you know? And I'm like, why is everybody giving us a bad rap? It's like the people that aren't from here, they give us such a bad rap. Like, oh, well, you know, LA girls or, you know, they don't want to talk to you or, you know, they're kind of bougie or whatever, but it's like, we're like the most down to earth people. So I think it's like really ironic that, you know, that none of you are from here, but you like hit on all the points that I would want to see in a movie based in LA, you know? Well, that's an honor that you feel that way. Like, for real, I'm touched. Yeah, I totally do. Like, I mean, you know, because it's like I was thinking about what is the last film that was filmed here based on Black romance? Like, I really can't think of any, you know, of course, I want to go back to Boys in the Hood, you know. And then after that, Baby Boy. But then it's like... The Wood. Yeah, The Wood. Okay. And then... That right? Is that it? That's all I can think of. Oh no, between forever. Oh, there between we go. Forever. Between now. forever. No, I know, I know. I'm playing with you. Yes, and I think eleven basketball. Yes, eleven basketball. But I think that this will be a, like a treasure, you know, and and it's like really, it's it's really like good too. It's great timing because it's like it's cuffing season. <laughs> <laughs> It's getting cold. Like, I woke up this morning and it was like 46 degrees. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and so, and I do, I think that, I think that it's going to like inspire, you know what I mean? Like, like dating and like, you know, and like, just like all that. I just loved it. I really, really did. And I don't want to give away the ending, but I know that everybody is going to love this film. Um, so Tiana, what's next for you? Um, I actually just finished, um, I did a web series a couple years ago. Um, It's a musical. It's called Flawed the Musical. And we have season two dropping in about a month. So I have that premiere coming up 
this weekend. So it's like a big week for me. I have this premiere and then my web series premiere. So it's exciting. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And so Scooter, you're working on a film. What about you, Rashid? Uh, God is great. I, uh, I, I actually comes out this month. I'm a, I'm on insecure. Okay. <clears throat> I'm on insecure. Uh, like I was saying, my friend Eli Gore and I are actually working on a TV show that we're in our second pitch meeting for. I just did this movie down in New Orleans with Terrence Howard and Harvey Cartel called The Walk, directed by Daniel uh, Adams. I just wrapped another feature film called, um, damn, John, what's the name of my movie I just did? Um, <laughs> I got a brain fart. Um, uh, I just finished watching it too, man. Um, Lost in a Moment, I'm sorry. Lost in a Moment, which okay. I wrote, produced, directed. It's about a grieving artist who becomes addicted to a mysterious drug that allows him to communicate with comatose wife. So I just wrapped that movie. Uh, and like I said, I got, oh yeah, I'm working on a TV show that I just got cast on last week. So big things are coming. Between Forever is coming. We're coming. We're coming. John is coming. Tiana coming. We're all coming. Well, you also be on the lookout for Aura, the tale of Marley Baltimore, horror movie, love story. Oh, yes. I can't wait for that. I can't because I love... I love horror movies, but um, I think like now, like they're so ridiculous that it's like, you know what I mean? Like I would never go see like Friday the 13th or anything like that. Like I want it to be like real, you know what I mean? Where exactly. I could be really scared, you know? <laughs> you also want to connect to the people. That That's why I feel like it's perfect. Like horror movies and date movies when I was coming up to make it a horror love story. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So how can the listeners find you guys? IG's. Um, I'm Tiana Bland on IG and Twitter at okay. Tiana Bland. Easy. <laughs> Scoop. I'm, I'm Black Tiger Films on Instagram, but you can also find my personal is uh, directed by Scooter Powell. You All know right. Uh, I'm Stevens Rashid underscore on Instagram. All right. And I am Bianca Banks, and you can find me on all social platforms. It's Bianca Banks. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for coming to the M&D show. We can't wait to have you guys back on again. And have a great week and a great day. Thanks for listening. The M&D show. show.